Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. It's another week. How's it going, Didi? I just felt my age seriously, and I'll tell you why. I got this... Uh, a recruiter email that says, oh, we really appreciate your skill in C++. How about you come work in C++? <laughs> well, you didn't tell them that COBOL. Uh, I, I, I did answer that if they, wanna, if they want mainframe COBOL kicks, I'm happy to go fix their COBOL kicks. So last time I, I saw C++ code, I think, is when I was shoulder surfing Oleg. When he wanted me to, when he wanted me to double check on something that we fixed when I was still living in Israel at RSA in 2009. I think you, you talked about making like tons of money in the future, yeah. going Cobble back kicks. to Cobble, Cobble Kicks. Mainframe. Definitely. definitely that, 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 You'll that. make more than you make in Cisco. No, no. But I'll, I'll need to work less because right now the, the expected outcome of a Cobol developer is about three lines of code a day. Well, I guess coding in COBOL takes you three lines of code no, a day. No, no, no. It, 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 it's just really hard because you need to be very careful because you're touching very brittle code and you can break everything. Uh, so COBOL kicks. That's, uh, um, so what did it, you say to like, the recruiter? I, I basically said that thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I didn't answer politely, but that, that's, that's besides the point. I do want to touch a little bit on the attire today. There's two parts. Part number one is my I visited Melbourne shirt. I wanted to do this for a while, but uh, we, it didn't come out because of Christmas and all that other stuff. And the beanie. So I'm, uh, I'm fixing spots on my uh, forehead and things like that. So I look spotty. Because uh, you're light-skinned and grew up in the Middle East. Yes, that and means that you have spots that are precancerous and they need correct. to be removed. Correct. So yeah. I, I looked a, a little bit of spotted and scarred. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be in beanies for the next six weeks. So if anybody has preferred beanies, they just need to be machine washable because send them over, send them over and, and give, we, we're going to feature your brand here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you like swag. Yes. So what, what, um, I wanted to talk about in this episode. We had an intern in CDO who went into law and he introduced a couple of things that we like to joke about, like the term basically. Basically means that he finished writing the code and never reviewed it, things like that. So it's basically done because he finished writing it and never tested it. Things like that came into our culture thanks to that specific intern. Now he went into law school. And he published. He basically went to law school. He basically went to law school. No, he went to an Ivy League law school, I think. That's basically. That's basically. And then he posted something that some of us were discussing, Sean, Joe, and I, on random this morning about algorithmical biases. Now, the the piece itself, I highly recommend just skipping over because it was there's algorithmical biases. There's also elephants. Let's me talk about elephants. And by the way, I end it with racial, uh, with algorithmical biases. So algorithmical biases are an important thing to address, be aware, understand, especially anything that comes with your mental work has biases in them. 
Yeah, maybe we take a step back before, you know, you can uh, dive sure. deep into that. Um, I think the topic is really important yeah. as our life are becoming more and more driven by algorithms yes. or the way you like to call AI, statistical inference. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, as we evolve into this gen AI world, the way those algorithms are being built and trained and the data that is being fed into them will mean the results, the outcomes we see out of them. Yes. So there is a very rightful concern that some of those algorithms or potentially all of them will have biases because at the end of the day, they are representation of the algorithms that are being built and the data that is being fed into them. And life has biases. We all have biases. So at the end of the day, outcomes may have biases. And I think there are real life concerns such as, and we can talk about examples, the use of facial recognition, for example. Let's, let's, start, um, let's start with the simplest example of explaining what algorithmic biases mean. Okay. And how they're and how they're expressed. Let's go. So let's start with the easiest, the least loaded, hopefully, topic of algorithmical biases. When Google built Backrub a million billion years ago, and that was in ninety eight, ninety six. That's the algorithm that started Google. It was basically the page ranking. The page ranking the algorithm. algorithm. Exactly. So that algorithm worked really, really, really well in English. It worked really, really well in English. As we were trying to implement it in Hebrew, it was a piece of shit. Because the way it was con constructed and the weighting system of this, and a lot of these, these things just didn't work. And there was also not enough data. Because back then... You didn't it, have enough internet in Hebrew. And there wasn't enough internet in Hebrew. So it, it created basically the, the, the algorithm itself was... Guided towards basically California slash Northeast based companies that speak English and other companies would not come out in the search. And the search itself didn't, even when you put things in Hebrew, didn't work as well and things like that. So basically you're giving preferential treatment to people that comply with how your, your search algorithm worked. Another good example of algorithmic bias is when the word came out. Now, I'm really dating myself. Um, As usual. Uh, if you remember, originally Hebrew was like a mess there. They supported the character set. but the, It wasn't aligned to the right. It wasn't the, to the right. It wasn't... The punctuation was a, mark were like all over the place, which is still the case in like right to left writing screw up any software. No, it's, it, it's, a, it's a lot, a lot, a lot better right now than it was back then. And a lot of this comes from the fact that when you built the software, you test it. And this is an important thing. Left to right. The most important thing to make software work, doesn't matter what piece of software, is testing. If you don't taste for that use case, it doesn't work. So I'll give you an example of one thing that worked amazing in Hebrew and is still working amazing in Hebrew. And that's OCR, the text recognition. You know why OCR works so Picture well? Picture to text. Picture to text. You know why it works so well in Hebrew? Because most of the companies that built it were Israelis. Israelis? <laughs> yes. You know why? 
Yes. Because you needed for intelligence. For intelligence. Exactly. exactly. So a lot of the companies that built it. So there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot it of. It worked for, on Arabic. It worked on Arabic. It worked on Hebrew. It worked on Farsi. And, and uh, because of that, um, people that built this tested it, and that's what they did. And one of the more contentious topics that came is like picture fix, fixing and, and facial recognition, as you mentioned, because a lot of the people that built these algorithms had a specific set. And, and it was geared, mostly geared towards white male. So yeah. the pictures that the model is being trained of is of white male. Exactly. And we know that some of these things have bugs, for example, like the fact that we know that Google falsely recognized another blonde as you because... Uh, yeah, that was really funny. That, it was, it was, that, that was really funny. That Gwen or Tsifo yes. is being recognized as me just because we're two blondes. Yes. So, but it is an example. And she's such a better looking than me. Yes, but that gives you the example. No, you, uh, I'm not. I'm not touching that topic. I'm not even <laughs> touching. I, I, I did it on purpose. I'm not touching that topic by ten foot pole. But the the idea is that that because the, the algorithm is not well tuned for specific outlines, it will choose one versus the other, and it impacts everything in our lives. I'll give you an example of how these biases can really impact businesses. So, for example, if I I, I'm driving in my car. Now I'm not driving in my car because thanks to Newton, the Audi lost another tire. But uh, I, it pops up and says, you're running low on gas. Do you want us to find a gas station for you? Most of us, what we'll do is click yes. Yes. And it will give you the gas station that it feels is the easiest for you to get to. What do we know about the algorithm? What happens if there's another gas station closer to that? Think of the, the financial impact that location search will, of course. Ha will have on you'll, a business. You'll say yes, and actually it's a paid ad to drive you, not it, to the it, nearest it, one. It, it's not necessarily even a paid ad. It could be that th there's some preferential something for location A versus location B. And one of the things that New York State wanted is transparency of why did you pick this gas station versus that gas station that people can understand why... Transparency of the model. Transparency of the model. And understanding the transparency of the model is very important of understanding biases because when you see why something was picked over something else, now you can start having a conversation of should it be picked, one picked over the other. Same goes for a lot of things that relate to finding documents, finding stores, finding people. For example, we were talking in the car about the the end of the affirmative action. Let's say people will start, and we know people will start feeding essays into ChatGPT. What what does it mean if the essay creates Chat if ChatGPT creates the essay? Well, what biases will that trigger? Versus if somebody and, I'm, and don't put university lazy people beyond this decide to implement ChatGPT to say, you know what, I don't feel like reading 600 essays. Can you pick the, the three best written essays and let me start there? Or stack rank the essays and let me start reading there? there there's a lot of potential. I mean, I, you already have people uh, feeding resumes or LinkedIn uh, uh, profiles to find the best match for a job. HR recruiters 
are not going through a pile of 600 resumes or LinkedIn applications. Yeah. They feed it into some sort of exactly. a bot. And, and these are the things that are the easiest to explain. There's a million of these things that impact our lives, including security, because we are a security podcast, about the fact that understanding that there are biases in, in, in the algorithms is important, but also sometimes it's important to keep the biases. I'll give you the, the, the best example for why you need to keep biases for better or for worse, in, in algorithms. And, and by the way, when I say bias, it's why would you choose... Let, let's explain bias in mathematical sense, not in our sensitive human soul sense. We yeah, when we call it bias, we already put some judgment we that put it's it, negative. Exactly. We have a bias. but It's a choice. It's a choice. It, let's use the word choice first without... Yes. So the the, the the selection of something over another is so. For example, in fraud detection systems, we want something the system to be geared towards the profiles that have a history of fraud, and we want to make sure that the data is there is kind of hits the nail on the head in terms of the. So we are when you're building an algorithm to identify fraudulent activities, you will feed profiles of real fraud cases exactly. into that. Exactly. Okay. What does and, it mean? And let's take one step back. Right now, the algorithms a lot of times are rule-based. Like when we started building fraud detection algorithms, we said, you know what? If the transaction is coming from Russia, Russia block, block it. it. Exactly. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> that was the beginning of fraud detection. That, that was the beginning of Sayora. But the, the idea, that's a little bit of a bias. That's a big bias. <laughs> that's a very big bias. But it worked. But it worked. It reduced fraud. fraud. So it was now it, it helped. No, exactly. Now I want to evaluate health insurance for somebody. First question I ask: Are you a smoker? Yes. I. I. I the it's a bias by definition, but it there is a reason for that. Yes, and now starts to come the problematic parts. So I, I, I passed through the, the smoker that the society decided that it's okay to... Ask for that and profile based on that. But now let's say I want to profile about something else like... Weight. Weight. I wasn't touching that one, but yes. BMI. They yeah. call it BMI instead. BMI, by the way, is very interesting on its own because it also... It's a huge bias because you might be very muscle. Uh, but, but with all, high BMI. But that also is a problem for your knees. Your knees don't care what, what weight you're carrying, if it's fat or muscle. Okay. But your, your knees don't love carrying weight around. Yeah, but your yeah. health insurance might be... But it, but it immediately infected. introduces that bias. Now, let's take one more step back and think of the world of LLMs. In a world of LLMs, I want to train the, the, the model with as much data as I can humanly possibly shove through this. And basically say, this was bad, this was good, this was bad, this was good, this was bad. When the outcome comes from no, no, the no, model. No, 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 no. Before this, when I trained the model. Okay. Let's say I want to load all the history of all the people that committed internet fraud in the last 20 years. 20 years. I, I upload every piece of information I have about them. Okay. There's their Facebook profile. You also need to then to probably feed not just the, the transactions that are okay. Uh, millions let, of them, right? Let's say I feed the profiles of the people 
that are that committed fraud. Okay. The algorithm that will come out of it will be insanely problematic and biased because there there will be specific profiles that we as a society will not feel comfortable on who came out fraudulent or not because statistically it is a biased population that doesn't look like the regular population yes and because of that now you're introducing problems and now you need to start thinking of how you show transparency on these things and how do you deal with with the challenges of the biases so because the more the more we'll let some of the algorithms be built by code we are basically teaching a lot of the models that are going to run on our population they will introduce the biases and the problems that we have in our society and basically entrench them that that's the biggest fear that people deal with that's so, really interesting so let's say and and I want to dig into that and think is there a way to prevent it so i understand what you're saying If I'm going to feed 20 years worth of profiles of fraudulent actors, it will look from a racial demographic standpoint as a specific set of demographics because of the nature we of... We don't even of, know what biases it will introduce. We it, will, it will take something. It, it will introduce it, some of the biases that led people to be caught in fraud. It's not just that ah you're saying that all those that weren't caught there are people that weren't caught and basically and they are escaping that and they're escaping that and basically we're we're te- teaching this the algorithm to be sensitive towards to those that we can catch to those w- that we can catch. Ah, so that that's an interesting point yes. we're actually putting it to fail so wouldn't it have been better to have them look at the entire population without knowing the who actually committed the fraud or not and <laughs> have other things so that, that that is a thing because like you are basically enforcing today's reality your algorithm may not be better than you he will be really good in catching those that you can catch now manually he will be much better than that than you but not necessarily will be better in catching those that doesn't fit the today's profile of who we can catch so all those great Russian fraudulence or if Russians or whomever escapes fraud detection today will keep on escaping it that's a, that's a, the question of it's what, like the unknown unknown it's the unknown unknown and and that's a lot of the problems with and, and think of how complex those algorithms that deal with the tons of data are because right now let's say I am looking at the When we were dealing with backrub and and the ability to deal with search it was really simple I know that back then it looked super complicated and needed a lot of data and we needed to do map reduce and a whole bunch of things like that but when I look at the algorithm people that know statistics could take a look at a variable at a model with about 6070 variables run beneferoni in their head uh, some of them can still do that and understand oh crap this is weighted towards the towards element a versus element B one of the term that I was used is when you do multiple comparisons eventually when you can pull when you compare a lot of variables eventually one will check out if you don't adjust correctly so what happens is 
these models, the older models, the, the older ML models, people with skill like me and Alex could take a quick look at them and their outcome and say, oh, crap. <laughs> we have a good sensitivity on this one, but uh, the outcome looks biased towards specificity. Models that are not transparent and are really multivariable with thousands of variables, with hundreds of thousands of variables, you don't know if the reason that the, that navigation went to this gas station versus another one actually introduced biases that basically you're running a business out of business because a bad Facebook page that was posted by one of the employees. I, I'm I'm really stretching the example, but yeah, there was bad review. And that's driven the whole algorithm to not recommend the exactly. place. That use specific wording and make the algorithm. And the other thing is you don't know what biases people are introducing into the algorithms. Of It could, fit, it could cause problems with uh, financial status. It could cause uh, problems with racial elements. It could cause problems with a million things that you haven't thought about deeply enough of what biases will disintroduce that will actually indoctrinate and continue to cause those problems. And here's the real crux of it. When we talk about biases in our current world of politics, in the way that our politics are run, now run, there was already the AI law that Biden tried to put in place to get better visibility. It's a long, long write-up. It's a very long write-up. Which a lot of people in the field said it's crazy, terrible, the whole idea uh, to start regulating it. We it's insane. So, so we remember our conversation. Hopefully this will come out after security theater, not before security. It's up to us when we put the yes. episodes so out. So th this, this needs to come af after security theater because it is related to security theater. Because what we are doing in a lot of our desire to govern and get, regulate and regulate is we're putting security theater, which may hinder our de facto AI war against China. One of us need to win. One of us needs to have more of the AI in the world that that's going to dictate how business will be run. The economy will run on AI. Exactly. So, so regulation can cause things, cause a country to basically slow down its development. And that's the big worry, because if we slow down, then China the will win over, and the economy is going to run on AI. Correct. And more... We don't want them to we, we, win over we don't. LLMs and Gen AI. We don't want them to win over LLMs and Gen AI. It's enough that they won on the hypersonic missile strategy. And chips. And No, not chips. We still won. Trust me, I ate Lay's last night. I can see that the chips are, our, our chips are working. Our chips are definitely working. So the, the other element of that, besides the, the slowing down of development, it, it's the, the fact that we won't catch the real problems and basically entrench problems while thinking that we solve the problem or force, or basically force the algorithms to work in a broken way. So if I look at the fact that OCR had some biases in it, it evolved. So what happens if 
we introduced too many too many regulation if we, on if, if AI we, LLM. We will slow down, but besides the slowing down, the, we need to find a way that we don't build feel 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 good rules rather than because of the way that we're viewing our politics versus what needs to to happen in terms of the progression of technology I, so, I, I want to give an example you would like the facial recognition to actually bring out the outcomes and a human being to see hey it's biased it doesn't recognize the specific races skin colors uh, women as much as it recognizes well white men and fix the model Correct. other than saying oh it has to be I, I mean I think we should regulate for the outcome yes and not the way the algorithm is built because the regulator the regulator doesn't understand anything about yes. the way those things are built so yes. if anything the government should kind of give an outlook of how they want the outcome to look like meaning if you're gonna implement facial recognition it needs to give equal outcomes and 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 you need to deliver transparency around those decision points that it decides it is mr. X and not mr. Y that this picture belongs to I, I would actually want people to be able to ask the This How is, did you decide that this is DD and not I, I would like person I, I would like the Joe at, at the end at getting the results to be able to get transparency into why an outcome came out mm-hmm. versus trying to dictate the outcomes because it, it, when a government does things you need to think of them like a broadsword not like a scalpel so what they'll do is say you cannot introduce any form of blah blah versus blah blah and then your fraud detection stops working your regulation of how who gets the board airplanes is broken so in, in so you you don't want to regulate the algorithm itself you want to be able to regulate the outcome of the, the algorithm and, visi- and get visibility to how how the outcome was achieved so it can and be, why so it can be fixed okay and who fixed can have, and, and, and understood because you can say okay that was BS that the algorithm is hallucinating and that's fine yes I'm not gonna use it versus yes I'm gonna rely on it and bring it to court as an evidence but also we do need to accept the hallucination and some of the variable elements of this if we want the algorithms to be creative so we need to let them introduce interesting elements because otherwise they, they're not going to actually work so this is this makes it a very interesting problem that my my first re- recommendation is for the industry to for the regulators not to have a knee-jerk reaction but actually try to first and foremost learn and get visibility and the more visibility of the why of how an outcome came out to be the better it is because then people can start asking questions like people wanted to know when Google came out of how come business a came before me before the, the sponsored elements and Of how come business a came before me so I, I, I'll know but on the other hand it immediately created all the SEO 
technology. Of course, there's always going to be an to, industry then of, of like how to cheat, cheating the algorithm. So, so, that, so maybe that element also needs to be governed. So this is I don't have a good answer for this, but the element itself, it needs to be a topic of conversation. It needs to be a topic of conversation between, and I want to roll it back to exactly where I started, by not somebody who's basically a developer, like the guy who wrote the article that triggered this for me, but rather be actual thought leaders in this space that get together with equivalent legal minds and have a hard conversation about the implications of these things. Is it a little bit like the, the whole saga we've seen with Sam Altman being booted out of his company and then brought back yes. all those concerns? Do you feel it's part of it? Yes, it is. It, it, it is because there are people that are afraid of the technology and what, what the technology will lead to. Yeah. And they're trying to... That was the, the board of OpenAI kind of thinking that they should put a break slow down, not oversee all those implications. They thought end of world is about to come if they let ChatGPT keep on developing the way it is. So my, my perspective on this one is very simple. Think of the Manhattan Project, and I'm going to wrap, uh, wrap this up with at this point. So think of the Manhattan Project. Let's say Eisenhower would have decided that he needs to or FDR wanted to implement politics on top of Mr. Oppenheimer. And because of that, Heisenberg, that was not as limited as Oppenheimer, would have built the atomic bomb sooner. What kind of world we would live in? And right now to think of algorithmic... Think, not, not thinking about implications is bad. Breaking the development is worse. I I want to say I just listened this week to one of my favorite uh, podcasters, Christopher Lockett, and and he, in his episode he mocked up those scaremongering people. Of he put the metaphor of think of the hunter gatherers learning about farming yeah. and how they would say, oh no, we shouldn't start farming. We are hunters. We need to go after and get our food and think about how we're gonna sit on our backs and like not do anything the whole day and food will just grow. It's terrible. We need to start running after food and all the benefit that moving from being hunter-gatherers into farmers gave to humanity. So if we stop AI because we're afraid of it, isn't it like not going from being hunter-gatherers into becoming this farmers? Is, so this now you're, now you're really going to get me down a rat hole. So <laughs> the hunter-gatherer was six foot tall had tons of muscle, had healthy teeth, and lived about 10 years in, on average longer than... Than us leaving to the age of 80? What are you no, talking no, 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 about? No, 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 no. Versus, that was sick. Versus, and agra- versus agrarian, versus agrarian human. Agrarian this human is was, BS. was short, fat, and bad teeth. Well, life has improved with farming so much. We cannot stop technology. We can't. This is the whole uh, hunter-gatherer BS. No. Yes. Life was not good. People were hungry, constantly hungry. Yes. We're not hungry anymore. Did you talk to my mom recently? That's a different <laughs> choice. Well, with that. With, um, with that. 
another episode of us bullshitting and came to an end. Came to an end. Awesome. I hope people learned about it. This is a topic that obviously will grow and become really important. And I think we will revisit this topic as the topic of AI and LLMs grow this year. And we would love to bring experts on the topic this year to talk about that. But um, I do urge, but I do urge yeah. people to educate themselves. Otherwise, what will happen is that all the wrong people will put the regulations in place. And then you cannot complain about it later. So this we don't want to happen. So... In any case, we're done for today. Thank you for listening for us. The Didi and Lital Show is a weekly podcast. Please rank and review us and share with your friends if you like our show. Come and join us on the show, especially if you have knowledge about security, LLMs, AI, thoughts about regulation. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye-bye, Didi. Bye, Lital.